We're in week three, part three, not really week three because we had family day last week, but we're in part three of Unwrap, Discovering Your Spiritual Gifts. Uh, You should have received a paper as you came in. How many uh, did not receive one of those? Raise your hand right here in the back. Anybody else not receive a page? We'll get the ushers to get those to you. Just keep them up until you are served. Anybody else in the back right over there, Anna? Thank you. Well, if you remember, the first week in the introduction, I brought out a basket of fruit that had apples, oranges, and bananas. And the reason I did that was, a, was as an illustration to you. All three of those things are fruit, but they're very different. And so when we talk about the spiritual gifts, there's a huge potential for confusion because we only have one English word, gift, when we talk about the spiritual gifts. In the, every scripture in the New Testament, it's gift. The problem in the, in the confusing part is that in the original Greek, there's three different Greek words. So there's actually three different categories for spiritual gifts. And they are, number one, the motivational gifts. Number two, the manifestation gifts, which we're going to get to those at the end. Number three, the ministry, or I like the word positional gifts. Those are three different Greek words. For this part of the series and the part we're in right now, we're talking about that first section, the motivational gifts. And Peter describes these gifts with the word charisma. That's the word for gift in 1 Peter 4.10. And then Paul lists these in Romans 12, 6 through 8. So remember the key difference. Everybody look at me. Remember the key difference between the motivational gifts and all the other, the other two categories is that we possess these gifts from birth. It's like our, part of our spiritual DNA. It's how we are wired. Every man, woman, boy, and girl on the planet have been given these gifts. Case in point, how many of you have sat under an amazing teacher or speaker or watched an artist and you knew they weren't saved, but they were very good. They were gifted. Come on. We've all had that experience. Let's look in 1 Peter 4.10 and see what Peter says about this. God has given each of you a gift, each of you, from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well. To do what? Serve one another. Now here's the thing. While everyone has, has these gifts, they're not... If they haven't dedicated their life to Christ, and even if they have, they haven't necessarily dedicated these gifts back to God. And so for these gifts to be in their purest form, we must dedicate them to God and allow him to use those and improve those in our life over time. That's what this is all about. And so when they're in their purest form, they will always help and serve other people and not just ourselves. Not just ourselves. So that's what Peter says. And then Paul lists these gifts in Romans 12, 6 through 8. Let's look at that. In his grace, God has given us different gifts, same Greek word there, for doing certain things well. I said it before, I'll say it again. You don't have to be good at everything. God did not, is not will for you to be good at everything. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, and we use the word perceive because that's closer to the original language. Speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, that's today, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. Verse 8, if your gift is to encourage, and we're going to use the word exhort when we get there in a few weeks, be encouraging. 
If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, and we're going to use the word administrator, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness, and we're going to use the word compassion to others, do it gladly. So two weeks ago, what did we talk about? What was the, 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 the group? Perceivers. How many of my perceivers are, think they're, you're high in perceiver? Raise your hand. Come on. So just like we did, we talked about the perceiver a couple of weeks ago. Today... Uh, we are going to talk about server. Today is all about the server. So I don't have time to review on perceiver. If you missed any of this series, it's so important that you go back. You can create your own sheet of paper because I go over the questions and you can do this. It's so important that you get all seven of these lessons and these talks so that you can have a good picture of what's uh, your gift. All right, let's, let's use our working definition for server Look on the screen, doing practical things well in order to be of service. Doing practical things. On the back of your, uh, your page, you should have an area for notes. You can write that in right there. It's important to note. Doing practical things well in order to be of service. Now, we all serve every day, don't we? In some form, I hope so, in some form or capacity. But here's the difference. Servers receive a greater level of satisfaction and joy from doing those things than the rest of us. And therefore, they're more passionate about it, and often they are better at it. They are gifted to do it. So just like we did with the perceiver two weeks ago, I want you to take those, the, your page there. I want you to respond to the statements. Don't skip ahead. Don't answer until I ask you to answer, because I'm going to teach as we go along and clarify the statements, and also be honest. Don't answer like you want to be. Don't answer like you think you're supposed to be. Don't answer like you've learned to be. I want you to answer like your core. This is like your knee-jerk reaction, the first thing that comes into your mind. That's probably it. Don't overthink it. Also, don't be afraid to put zero if it's absolutely not. And don't be afraid to put a five if it hits you between the eyes. Okay? Because if you put twos and threes and fours on everything, all the gifts are going to be like mush. You need to have some separation. So don't be afraid to go extreme on either side. All right, let's look at this. Number one, I am quick to see and meet the needs of others. I'm quick to see and meet the needs of others. Of others. Now, let me clarify this, not talking about emotional needs. We're not talking about counseling here. We're talking about practical needs. Practical needs. External, physical needs, perhaps. The server can spot those things like a hawk. And like I said in the introduction, they're the first ones in line to sign up. If I were to say, after the service, we're going to stack the chairs because we're going to clean the carpet. I need a few of you to stay back and stack the chairs when the service is over. The, the top servers would hone in on that, probably wouldn't hear another thing that I said, and as soon as I said amen, they are stacking chairs while the rest of us are shaking hands and fellowshipping, and then we begin to look around and get, get shamed into helping. That's exactly, that's exactly the way it would work. They're the first ones to volunteer. They're sensitive to others' needs. 
For example, if someone is in the hospital, they might go visit. I'm not saying they wouldn't go visit, but that's not where they would feel like they could help the most. They would want to know, can I take your kids to school? Can I, can I cook and bring you something to eat? Can I start a meal train? Can I mow your grass? Things like that. That's what they would be getting. You get the point. Go ahead and answer that one. I'm quick to see and meet the needs of others. Number two, I enjoy working with my hands, and I'm good at it. It's not being boastful to, to, to answer honestly. I enjoy working with my hands, and I'm good at it. Servers tend to be the greatest, have the greatest ability with their hands. Artists, musicians, sculptors, fixing things, mechanics. How many know a jack of all trades can just seem to fix anything? That's probably a high server. There was a man I knew uh, years ago, he's gone on to be with the Lord. His name was Ronnie Davis. And people called him Ronnie God Davis. Because they weren't trying to be blasphemous. They just, he could fix anything, anytime. And he worked, he worked at, at Bowwater. How many have heard of Bowwater up in Tennessee? He worked there. He, not, on the, not on the line. It's a paper plant. He just was there, and they paid him big bucks because he could fix anything that broke. And that's what he did for his living, and that's what he did all the time for everybody else. Carpentry. I think about Doug. I mean, and, and, and Andy here that are, that, are, that are great carpenters and great with their hands and, and sewing. My Aunt Gina, phenomenal detail with the sewing and, and creating these uh, amazing blankets and, and, and uh, things. Just unbelievable. Plumbing. Cooking. Not because you have to. <laughs> You're like, well, I cook, but I don't want to. No, I'm talking about really enjoying it, really taking the detail and enjoying that and, and doing that. Gardening. All of those things. You get the point. I heard somebody go, oh, you're not a server. Okay, so then, no, it's good. Now, just, now, here, here. Just because you're good at one of these things does not necessarily mean you're a top server. But if, if you're a top server, more than likely, you're going to enjoy doing things with your hands. So go ahead and answer that one. I enjoy working with my hands and I'm good at it. I love this next one. <laughs> I keep my stuff neat and orderly. No clutter. How many zeros? Where's my daughter? There's not a server in my house. Can I just tell you that? And I'm going to include myself in that. Except. Yeah. All right, servers, so here, here's the deal. Servers tend to want everything to be in order and be in its proper place. The sock drawer is straightened out. The dirty clothes are not all over the floor. They're in the hamper. No dishes in the sink. Keep the lawn mowed and the, the sideways clear. Keep the weeds out. House is clean and presentable. Everything and is in its proper place. Now, listen, for me, uh, server is not definitely not my top gift, but it's not at the bottom either. This is one that I would have to put a five or at least a four. I can't stand the clutter. I can't get anything done if there's stuff stacked around or around my feet. I can take things like draped over a chair, but I cannot stand stuff in the floor. I just can't do it. The staff make fun of it because my, my office is always perfect because I can't get anything done with the clutter, I, I clean up first before I can do anything. How many is with me? That's just the way that I'm wired. Now, again, 
this is just one of the, the questions. But, and by the way, like I said, my girls, they walk in and one shoe goes that way, one shoe goes this way. The, uh, I mean, they're never together. I don't get that. Like, I don't get it at all. Book bags or, you know, just wherever they walk in the door and you're like tripping over them in the dark. It's just, it's great. It's fantastic. I love it. Just love it. It's wonderful. Not picking on anybody. Now, I have those kind of tendencies, but I am not a yard guy. I am not a yard guy. I, I do the bare minimum, and guess what? I don't even do that. I hire that out just the way I am. All right, go ahead and answer that one. Go ahead and answer. I keep my stuff neat and orderly. No clutter. No clutter. Number four, I enjoy showing hospitality and entertaining people in my home. <laughs> I love having a good laugh out loud. I love showing hospitality and entertaining people in my home. Maybe you're going to have the big uh, Super Bowl party tonight. By the way, rise up. Come on. Come on. Woo! I don't always wear a T-shirt on Sunday mornings, but when I do, it's Atlanta Falcons. (laughs) Servers love to entertain. They love to entertain. They love to cook. They love to be elaborate. They love to be... They're just as much into the presentation as anything, detail. It's not just throwing burgers down for somebody. I mean, it's the whole thing. It's the whole thing. In the Bible, uh, we, we, we think, think about Martha. Okay, Martha and Mary, they had Jesus come into their home. They were friends. And so Jesus, the Son of God, the Christ, the Messiah, is in the living room teaching. She is in the kitchen preparing and entertaining and doing all of those things. I'm going to talk a little bit more about her in just a little while. But servers combine their other characteristics like cooking, like those things, to make incredible meals and experiences. Not just meals, but experiences for people. Much detail is given to atmosphere. It's all a part of it. You're, some of you are just like, that's me. I'll never forget my cousin, Robin. I hope she's watching this. I'm going to tell her to watch it. Years ago, we went camping, old school camping. Old school camping in tents, okay? Had a bunch of tents around. We had a fire pit and all this stuff. And I came out one morning, and there's this gigantic iron pot. I mean, massive, heavy iron pot that's sitting over there kind of on a rock. And I'm like, Robin, what in the world are we doing with that? She's like, well, I thought it would look nice. I mean, it's like 50 pounds. And she put it, she found a place in her car just so it would look and create an atmosphere. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, come on. Now, look on the screen. If you rate high on this question, we need you on the guest service team. Come on. I'm going to preach in just a second. And we need you to consider hosting, not leading, because that's not in your comfort zone, but hosting a small group in your home. That's how you connect to using that gift. I'm not asking you to do something that you, you know, leading is not necessarily the service that's what they want to do, but they can host. And we also need people who understand the details of welcoming people and, and entertaining people as they come into our building. So just wanted to plug that real quick today. All right, answer that question. Number five, I always want to complete what I have started. I want to complete what I have started. 
Servers, if they have to, they will, but they don't like to go from project to project to project without completing one and then moving on to the next. Some people are very good at that, and a lot of people get bored unless they can do that and have multiple things going at once. They don't want to do just one thing, but not the server, not the top server. They want to complete it, and they want it done right. They want it done with excellence. They want it, the detail. Servers, in my opinion, make some of the best employees on the planet. You don't have to stand over them. You don't have to tell them again and again. They're going to get it that you have to give them some space. Managers, I'm talking to you. You have to give them space if you're thinking, I got somebody, and man, I can't get them off of that thing. I'm just like, just for a second, go over and do that. But they're not going to want to. They're going to want to finish that, and you need to give them some space to do so. They're great, great employees. And by the way, servers are some of the best church members too. Just thought I'd throw that in there. I appreciate you guys very much. Uh, servers get frustrated when they get, you know, when they, when they are pushed to finish something before they're ready. They get frustrated with that. They want to take their time. They want it done right. The server motto is on the screen. Any job worth doing is worth doing right. Mark your answer for that one. That was still number five. All of that was under number five. Number six, I have a hard time saying no. This is a big one. Servers, you need to listen. You need to key in on this one. I have a hard time saying no. Servers have a tendency to get over-involved, over-extended, over-committed. Because you do sign up for everything. And that's wonderful. That heart to to do those things and to sign up and, and be a volunteer, that's great. But listen, the problem is there are a lot of needs out there. And as soon as people realize that you're never going to say no, got some problems now, don't we? Got some issues. And we're the world, in the church, we're the world's worst. The servers are the ones who get taken advantage of. We say we need some folks to sign up for the nursery. Well, you could care less about being in the nursery. As a matter of fact, you don't even like babies. But because it's in you and you see nobody else is signing up and nobody else is doing, you're like, oh. And you, you do that and then you're miserable. The baby is miserable. Everybody's miserable. You get upset. You leave the church and come on. You, it's, I'm making it kind of funny, but it isn't. It's real. It's real. It's a real problem. So you have to be careful. Servers get burned out. Servers get burned out if they're not careful. If you think you might be a server at the very top, one, two, or three, you should not pressure yourself into signing up for everything. The Word of God, Paul said, certain things well. You do certain things well. So only sign up for those things you know that you have time for and can commit to and do like you like them and are passionate about. And don't feel guilty about saying no. It's hard. Go ahead and put that one down. Number seven, I would rather meet the needs of others than my own needs. I would rather meet the needs of others than my own needs. The key here is what brings you joy. 
What brings you joy? Now, most of us, like I said before, we're involved in serving others because we're adults. Hello, come on, we have responsibilities. We have obligations, but the difference is what brings you joy? Some of us, it's not really what brings us joy. It empties our tank. It doesn't fill our tank, but we do it because we're responsible, and we do it anyway. With a server, it's what fills their tank. It's what brings them joy and satisfaction. And the rest of us do it because we have to. Come on, I'm just being honest. But the bottom line here, here, I want you to hear me. The lack of having a service gift. I'm speaking to those that you don't feel like that's your top three. The lack of having that gift does not give us the excuse to not serve. What I'm teaching is that when we do that out of responsibility, it does empty our tank, and we have to fill it up with the gifts that God has given and make sure we're using those, and that fills us up, whereas the server, that's what fills them up, is to serve. Does that make sense? Four of you. All right, great. Number eight. Go ahead and mark your answer for that one. Excuse me. Number seven. Number eight. I show love in deeds and actions... More than words. I show love in deeds and actions more than words. So spouses of servers, listen. Spouses of servers often get hurt. Their feelings hurt, whatever hurts in their marriage because the spouse that is a server does not tell them often enough, I love you. And then the spouse that is a server is thinking, I show you all the time, what's the problem? I show you all the time. What's the deal? Now, this is the same with children of servers. I wish it were true, but our kids are not going to know necessarily that we love them just because we do their laundry or because we drive them to soccer practice or we cook their meals. That's just what we do to them. Now, later they will see it, but they don't now. So the server has to be careful to make sure they're not just doing, but they are also saying, I love you. Folks, we discover these gifts, and I'm teaching about these gifts, not just for our own fulfillment, but also to reveal the things that we need to improve, and that we, we need to improve to help us relate to our loved ones. Fill that one in. I show love in deeds and actions more than words. Number nine, I like to help those in leadership to get the job done. I love to help those in leadership to get the job done. Servers generally do not like to be the ones out front. They do not like to be the ones doing what I'm doing right now. They don't want to be seen necessarily, but they love getting behind a leader that they believe in, helping behind the scenes get the mission accomplished. Thank God for you. Awesome. I have a a friend, good friend in, in Mobile, Alabama, my previous church. He was a, we did this with them uh, as well, and he was a top server, and then second was giver. Those, those two often combine. It's amazing. Every single Sunday morning, he would meet me behind the church as I came in the building with two bottles of water every Sunday. And I never waited on, he was there before I got there. And he had those two bottles of water. And then he, he would say, what can I do for you today to help you? 
Wow. And sometimes I didn't need anything else. But then there were other times that I did need things. And at that time, I was a worship pastor. And I had a band ready, waiting on me for rehearsal. And I needed two or three things. And he did them with joy and pleasure. What an amazing blessing that was. Servers also, this is still under the same one, servers also don't like to sit and talk when there's work that needs to be done. They don't want to sit and talk about it. And so they get kind of irritated when they come to the volunteer day, the work day, and they get here and the leaders are still trying to figure out what to do or, or how they're going to do it. They, will, they do not like that. But on the other side of the coin, if the leader has you know, everything organized and it's ready and they get here, they will be the best workers and they will love every single minute of it. And they'll get behind that leader. Number 10. Go ahead and mark that one. I like to help those in leadership to get the job done. And finally, number 10, I would rather do a job myself than ask someone else to do it. <laughs> and why is that? Because they know they can do it better. <laughs> and it's, it's usually true. It's usually true. And they want it done right. The last time they had somebody else do it, they had to come back and fix it. Amen. They want it done right. Also, uh, servers typically don't feel comfortable about asking for help. They don't feel comfortable. It, it's awkward to them, and they just don't do it. They just, we're going to talk about that in a minute, but they just don't do it. It's awkward to them. All right, I need you to go ahead and answer that one. I would rather do the job myself than ask someone else to do it. When you finish that, go ahead and add those up at the bottom. Be, be careful. Make sure you add them correctly. It will make a difference. Make sure you keep these. If you haven't done perceiver, you need to go back online and do it. More than likely, perceivers and servers are going to have very different scores. <laughs> All right. In closing... I want to go over, like I did with the perceiver, I want to go over four areas that are problem areas for servers. Problem areas. You can write these on the back. These are problem areas, blind spots, if you will, for the servers. Number one, servers can be critical of others who do not help with obvious needs. To them, it's obvious. Servers can be critical of others who do not help with obvious needs. Again, we go back to Martha in the Bible. She could not fathom how Mary could be in there listening to Jesus instead of helping her cook in the kitchen. She could not fathom that she would be in there. And she let Mary know about it and Jesus. And Jesus lovingly, lovingly helped her understand he said, you know, Martha, I love you. I understand. I wired you this way. I created you this way. But this time, Mary's got it. This time, Mary is correct to stop the pause, stop working, and just sit at my feet. Number two, servers may neglect their own family's needs by being too busy helping others. Is a big one, folks. 
you're a server, listen to me. Servers may neglect their own family's needs by being too busy helping others. Often this is a husband who's, like I said, good at everything, good at fixing. They're working on their friend's car. They're helping him with a project. They're fixing, they're working on at the church, volunteering at the church while their house is falling apart. I can't tell you how many times, you know, the jack of all trades, their home is neglected and everybody else is taken care of. Got to be careful. Got to be careful in that situation. I've watched this happen. I've had people in my office for marital counseling in that very situation. If we're Christians, the correct order of our priorities should be number one, God. God. And I'm not talking about you... About the, I'm not talking about the church. I'm not talking about serving. I'm talking about your relationship with God through Jesus Christ. I'm talking about spending time alone with God every day, protecting that time. I'm talking about growing in your relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what I'm talking about. Number one, above everything. Number two is what? Family. 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 And then... The other things, job, helping people out, using your gift, okay? If you're a top server, you need to be really careful with this. Make sure you take care of your family. Make sure you learn how to say no. Learn how to say no. Number three, servers may find it hard to accept being served by others. Servers may find it hard to... Except being served. Now, you can serve all day long, but then if somebody wants to serve you, it gets weird. It get, you make it awkward. You start pushing back. Well, I, 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 I can do that, no problem. The problem is when you do that, you're robbing them of a blessing. You're robbing them an opportunity to serve and use their gift. Remember the guy that I was talking about that met me behind the, the thing every single week? We, he, would, he was in his 60s. He would often come by and pick me up and go to lunch, and he would always want to pay. But one day, I grabbed the waitress when he was in the restroom. I grabbed the waitress, and I got the bill, paid for it. And you would have thought I had slapped him in the face. I paid for his meal. And you would have thought I had done the, you know, the unpardonable sin. And I was like, Dave, I love you, brother. Let me serve you. Let me bless you. And so often with servers, it's... Easy to serve, but not so easy to be served. So we need to learn to let others, when they want to, be blessed in serving us. Number four, and finally, servers can be easily hurt when unappreciated. Servers can be easily hurt when unappreciated. There's two things I want to say about this. First of all, we all need to appreciate those in our life who serve more. We need to appreciate them more. And I'm including the server at lunch. I'm including the server in the restaurant. Christians should be the best tippers in the restaurant. Can I, come on, somebody. Don't be cheap. And if you're going to be cheap, don't put new life down on the thing and come to church with me. Come on. We need to appreciate all of our servers more. Second, if you think your gift is serving... Be careful to check your motives. Why are you serving? Are you serving to get the pat on the back? Are you serving to receive the accolade? Or are you doing it to use that gift for the glory of God? But the bottom line is this. We all need to say thank you more 
often. You believe that? We all need to say thank you more often. Here's the big idea for the day. The server receives joy in helping and assisting, often behind the scenes, and the kingdom of God advances because of them. The server receives joy. It fills your cup. It fills your tank in helping and assisting, often behind the scenes. Can I just tell you something? I didn't say this in the first service. I feel the Holy Spirit would just say, God knows. Nobody may ever see you or even know that you did what you did, but God sees it. And he rejoices in you and he will bless you. Behind the scenes and the kingdom of God is advancing because of your faithfulness in serving. I want to tell you, I thank God for you. I thank you for your service, those of you who are gifted that way.